Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. All right, Roger, let me make sure I got it straight. Judge is part of the deep state conspiracy. Q says we'll lock her up. Take action now. That's what you want me to tweet on your behalf. Got it, buddy. Don't worry. The judge will never know you told me to say that. <laughs> Ass. The following podcast contains... Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you took medical advice from the host of MTV Singled Out, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, February 22nd, 2019, Just a Little Prick edition of the show, where we talk about all the diseases we've loved before and we'll get to love again thanks to anti-vaxxers. Stay tuned. What the hell are you thinking podcast is brought to you by Smallpox. Remember Smallpox? Of course you don't. It was eradicated in 1971. Before that, Smallpox killed billions. You don't know how good we were at killing people. And those we didn't kill, we left blind and disfigured. Highly contagious, just lethal enough to kill lots of people, but not so lethal we burn out before the epidemic gets really going. Smallpox is perhaps the perfect disease, and we want another chance. All it takes is one vial at the right place, and Smallpox can have another go. And since you morons are worried about vaccines, we think the time is now. So say yes to Smallpox, and no to vaccines, and give a classic another chance. With one small injection While Reginald uttered some interjections Hey, that's smart! Ouch, that hurts! Yeah, that's not fair! Give the guy a shot down there! Interjections Hey! Excitement, yeah! Ouch! They're generally set apart from a sentence By an exclamation point Or by a comma when the feeling's not as strong one of the joys of being in the military is all that free health care you get. Whether you want that health care or not, Uncle Sam is going to make sure his warriors are in tip-top shape. So he happily doles out pills to present all sorts of diseases, like malaria, only to discover over the decades that those pills can cause psychotic episodes in a small number of people and have lesser psychological impacts on even more. That particular pill almost got me kicked out of the Air Force. And the drinking... Yeah, okay, well, there was that, too. It wasn't just experimental medications, though. There were the shots. Lots and lots of shots. I mean, not just whiskey shots, but like actual vaccines. They started early and basic, like your second day, and going all the way through to the day you leave, some asshat with syringe is waiting around a quarter so he can stab you. Back when I was in, the most excruciatingly painful injection was the peanut butter shot, which, uh, pretty much sounds exactly like what it is. Really, it's a huge pain in the ass. 
before deployment to certain remote locations with exotic diseases and limited access to sanitation and healthcare, you would get a gamma globulin injection to boost your immune system. Seems reasonable, right? Until you discover exactly how this injection is delivered. It's not a tiny prick in your arm like a flu shot. It's a big-ass needle in your ass cheek filled with ice-cold goop, the basic consistency of, you guessed it, peanut butter. Having a cold lump of cream injected into your ass cheek is agonizing enough, but the following three days of limping around from the pain while trying to get on and off planes carrying 60 pounds of weapons and gear really adds zest to the experience. I would uh, suggest you try it sometime, but I'm given to understand they finally developed a better method of delivery than ramming a sharpened turkey baster filled with cold pancake batter right into your ass. It's no wonder that the fucking kids in the military today are so soft. Gotcha. But even with that experience, I'm still a big proponent of vaccines because I'm not a fucking moron. I only mention this because right now, measles, of all things, is having quite the go of things in my sleepy little burg of New York City. As of mid-February, 73 confirmed cases here in the city, not to mention hundreds, perhaps thousands around the world. But ours here in the city are mostly concentrated in the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community of Brooklyn, which you might think is a kind of reasonable at first, I guess. There might be some sort of religious restriction against vaccines, but uh, you would be wrong. From a Vox article, quote, when asked why people are opting out of vaccines, the city health department said anti-vaccine propagandists are distributing misinformation in the community. I To be clear, all major religious texts are notably silent on the subject of vaccination, written as they were in the days where diseases were the wrath of angry gods rather than sound grounded in science. So there's no canonical reason for any religion to refuse vaccination, except for the ironically named Christian scientist, who notably refuse all medical intervention, believing as they do that prayer alone can heal, despite it being repeatedly proven that this is not the case. You would think someone would come along and let them know about that. That person is Charles Darwin. But this being a country with a whole amendment to the Constitution, letting people do very stupid things in the name of imaginary sky wizards, we can't really force people to do crazy little things like save themselves and others by adhering to modernity. So we can't really blame our little fracas with a disease that we thought we'd exterminated back in the year 2000 on them. No, no, no. For that. And we know exactly who is to blame. Some people called anti-vaxxers. This is going to be one of those shows with a lot of history in just a few minutes so we can get to the point where I curse a lot and call people stupid. So sit down, pour yourself something strong, and get ready to get history. It all really begins with the show sponsor Smallpox in the 19th century over in England. A very brilliant fellow by the name of Edward Janner discovered he could prevent people from getting smallpox by exposing them to a less deadly related disease called cowpox, to which we say, thanks, cows. Celebrate and thank the noble, gentle cow. Because smallpox was so virulent and killed so many people, laws were passed mandating people be vaccinated to prevent its spread. This made a lot of people very angry. Quoting now from the website historyofvaccines.org, quote, the laws were met with immediate resistance from citizens who determined their right to control their bodies and the, those of their children. The Anti-Vaccination League 
and the Anti-Compulsory Vaccination League formed in response to the mandatory laws and numerous anti-vaccination journals sprang up. For some parents, the smallpox vaccination itself induced the fear and protest. It included scouring the flesh on a child's arm and inserting lymph from the blister of a person who had already been infected about a week earlier. Some objectors, including the local clergy, believed that the vaccine was unchristian because it came from an animal. For the other anti-vaccinators, their discontent with the smallpox vaccine reflected their general distrust of medicine and engenders ideas about the disease spread. Suspicious of the vaccine's efficacy, some skeptics allege that smallpox resulted from decaying matter in the atmosphere. And lastly, many people objected to the vaccination because they believed it violated their personal liberty, a tension that worsened as the government developed mandatory vaccine policies. Unquote. As the vaccine spread to the United States, so too did the various anti-vaccine groups all fighting tooth and nail for their right to kill themselves and others by refusing the preventative. And it all makes perfect sense if you're an ignorant of science and unused to modern medical innovation, which is a rural agrarian society lacking modern methods of mass communications. They certainly were. So you can kind of understand the opposition. After all, scraping pus out of one person, cutting your kid's arm, and then putting the pus in them isn't exactly logical to most people. Of course, this was not the case in the 1970s when a vaccine panic broke out in England. Oh, rule Britannia. Over diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus vaccines over the false belief that the vaccine caused neurological problems in infants, which of course spread to the United States and was hyped by the media. But when science was applied to the allegation, it found the claims as baseless as Gavin's insistence that he made out with tonic contained back in the 80s when White Snake toured the UK. You're 37, Gavin. You weren't even alive when that happened. Some 25 years after that, yet another British doctor... Hmm, I think I'm noticing a pattern. ...published a study in the British journal Lancet that said some further study should be given as to whether the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine contributed to autism. A study that was subsequently debunked, disproved, retracted, burnt, carried out to the swamp, buried in peat. It was so badly done. This did not stop the media from carrying the story as though it were handed down to an old Jewish dude on a mountaintop by an invisible sky wizard. And this nonsense is the root cause of the current and ongoing persistent vaccine panic at large today. Quoting from a National Institute of Health study, the anti-vaccination movement, a regression in modern medicine, quote, the damage, however, was already done and the myth was spread to many different parts of the world, especially Western Europe and North America. In the UK, for example, the MMR vaccination ran the rate dropped from 92% in 1996 to 84% in 2002. In 2003, it was as low as 61% in some parts of London, far below the, ne- the, needed, the need to avoid the epidemic of measles. In Ireland in 1999 to 2000, the national immunizations level had fallen below 80%, and parts of North Dublin, it was at a level around 60%. In the United States, the controversy following the publication of the study led to a decline of about 2% in terms of parents obtaining the MMR vaccine for their children in 1999 and 2000. Even after later studies explicitly and thoroughly debunked the alleged MMR autism link, the drop in vaccination rates persisted, unquote. But none of this would be possible without the contributions of some very important important people who've taken up the crusade against life-saving vaccinations on scant evidence and distorted scientists. People like Playboy model and D-list celebrity Jenny McCarthy. And now the one, Jenny McCarthy. Ah! Oh, these guys are real pain in the ass! We're getting rid of them! 
Now, Ginny is perhaps one of the more prominent celebrities that's taking up this cause, but she's not alone. I mean, there's not a Baldwin brother, but a Baldwin, Adam Baldwin. Oh, Jane, how could you? And who who wouldn't trust Charlie Sheen to give the medical advice? Oh, and you know what? When I'm considering life and death decisions that could affect the health of the people I love, I know one voice that I consistently turn to is none other than Rob Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo Schneider. And of course, the complicated nuances of risk and benefits are too complicated for a simple man like me to comprehend. That's why I turn to the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan, to always guide me through. I mean, after all, Bullet with Butterfly Wings helped me get some rough patches in the 90s, so I trust Billy. And who who could forget David Icke, a man who literally believes that reptiloid aliens have infiltrated society on all levels and are secretly conspiring with the Illuminati to sell all of humanity into slavery. That is a man I want making medical decisions for me. Or what about his buddy Alex Jones? Again, a stunning scientific mind. And finally, none other than the stunning intellect of individual number one himself has weighed in against vaccinations a time or two. So right there should tell you everything you need to know about the kind of people who buy anti-vax bullshit but you know what as much as these stellar intellects are doing to spread the stupidity of this movement they couldn't do it without the help of the one man who's done more to propagate the influence of these people and these groups than any other human in history mark zuckerberg Thanks, Mark. Now, in no way has Mark embraced, supported, spread, or advocated the anti-vax movement to say such things would be wrong and potentially libelous. And clearly, I'm not saying he's done so. What he has done is create a disinformation machine of such stunning proportions and of such purely mercenary ambition and pervasive influence that its very design allows the lies and propaganda and utter bullshit to spread around the world thrice over while the truth hasn't even had a chance to scratch his balls. To understand how social media is so vital to the anti-vaxxer, let's use, a let's say, a, a, a medical metaphor. Let's imagine the meme as an actual disease. I'll give it a official-sounding medical name. We'll call it the, I don't know, algorithmically transmitted intellectual diminishment syndrome. Or the stupid, for short. Now, the stupid is highly infectious. It's everywhere and passes from person to person instantly via the internet. Now, most people, well, not most, but half people that you meet are immune to the stupid. Or at least they only catch a specific, less virulent variant of the stupid. You know, like maybe they're into sports or Game of Thrones fandom. And most of those who do catch the stupid, it's pretty harmless. But some, some of the strains of the stupid are very toxic. The MAGA variant springs readily to mind immediately. The symptoms of the stupid are simple. A lack of common sense and critical thinking in one or more areas that anyone not carrying the stupid would immediately recognize as utter bullshit. And the stupid makes people unable to see how the science behind vaccinations is solid and has saved billions of people from infectious diseases. Even if there are side effects and risk, they are far outweighed by the benefit. And the stupid infects so many people so thoroughly that even if 99% of the people resist the disease, the 1% of those infected by the stupid still add up to millions of people. From the Guardian, quote, 
the Royal Society for Public Health report said parents generally supported vaccinations in the UK, but found some worrying statistics. Two in five parents of the children under 18 said they were exposed to negative vaccine messages on social media or in online forums, often or sometimes. That rose to half the parents whose children were under two and 47% whose children are under five. Only one in 12 parents said that they believed what they saw on social media. The report said this substantial exposure to negative vaccination messages may influence attitudes to vaccinations over time. Repetition of messages is often mistaken for accuracy, a phenomenon known as the illusory truth effect. Anti-vax groups target the parents of new babies via social media, posting stories claiming babies have died or been harmed by vaccinations. A U.S. group group called Stop uh, Mandatory Vaccination, run by Larry Cook, was censured by the U.K.'s advertising watchdog in November over a paid Facebook post after a complaint by the mother of a young baby in the U.K. Reading, parents, not only can a vaccine given at any age kill your child, But if this unthinkable tragedy does occur, doctors will dismiss it as sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS, read the post, which showed a picture of a baby with its eyes closed with a parent name and date of birth and death. It urged readers to join the Facebook group because if something has a Facebook group, then by God, it has to be absolute gospel. Between Facebook and, in my opinion, to a lesser extent, YouTube, though YouTube spreads an entirely different yet equally malevolent strain of the stupid, people are exposed constantly to paid propaganda by anti-vax groups, specifically targeted to first-time parents who are searching for information on how to cope with their tiny bundle of piss, shit, and confusion they, for some reason, chose to bring into the world. Back in the day, they might have turned to their parents, who had, after all, managed to raise them to the breeding age without killing them, but since we all hate our parents now from constant fights on no one other than Facebook, we for some reason turn to Facebook for their for the affirmation, love, and guidance we once received from a nuclear family. Technology. And so we keep going in the constant human centipede of stupid in, stupid out, forever and ever. So I guess the big question is now. Yeah, but Queen Bono, who benefits? Who is getting something from all this, and what is it that they're getting? Well, let's start with the actual innocence among them, the actual idiot. The idiot is gullible dipshit who repeats whatever it is they're told that fits with their idiot worldview. They blindly follow the fads and the fashion, and and they harbor deep suspicion that all this technological gobbledygook you know, the actual science, not the fucking internet science, is somehow bad for them. They're the folks on your social media posting about genetically modified organisms, even though they have no real idea what a GMO is. The idiot is the typhoid Mary of the stupid. They don't know they have the stupid, but they're passing it along to everyone they come in contact with, all the while believing they're helping them. The most common idiot is the upper middle class white woman who has a lot of free time to consume all kinds of media, so she sees the daytime talk show doctors. Oh, trust me, I'm coming to them in just a moment. 
<laughs> and those doctors spew some bullshit about vaccines and she Googles it and the algorithm is geared up to take you to the place with the most engaging message so you can read the ads and the most engaging message is a conspiracy-laden video or Facebook group sponsored by and paid for an anti-vax group and the idiot absorbs the bad data without question then goes back to her social media and affects her timeline with the stupid and because the algorithm people see it and interact with it even if the interaction is just to inform her that she's a blazing fucking idiot which just causes more people to see the thread which causes more people to come in contact with the stupid and more idiots will catch the stupid and spread it into their timeline and before you know it the stupid is everywhere most people don't catch it but everyone spreads it and the business model this is not a fucking mistake it's the business model for Facebook and Google. So it's Facebook and Google, right? They're the people behind all of this. They're the biggest beneficiaries of the stupid. But are they to blame for the stupid? Yeah, but no. Well, that clears that up. <laughs> I mean, they didn't create the stupid. They didn't even think about the stupid or how it could infect the system. And Google, indeed, Google at its inception was designed to be the cure for the stupid because it was providing access to information to everyone. So yes, they're clearly responsible for how the platform is used, but they're not responsible or they're not the people who took to the platform for nefarious purposes. No, those people are the hucksters. The people who realize there's a lot of money to be made off the stupid and those motherfuckers are the one that feeds the engine that keeps the stupid so active. The kind of people who, I don't know, call themselves Dr. Bob and have a medical degree from the University of Western Transylvania. They're a staple of daytime television and celebrity health networks like Gwyneth Paltrow's Jade Egg and the Vajayjay Enterprise Goop. They are the slimy used car salesmen of the healthy living movement. They make money by providing false information to people from appearing on television shows and giving interviews where they twist lie and distort or manipulate or just plain fucking bullshit to the idiot and get paid for it. There's nothing noble or pure in what they do. Many of them just shill other conspiracies of varying degrees and they all are available for a price. The Vienna Report website, which is an anti-vax website, helpfully provides a list of all the medical professors you can tap to spread the stupid. And according to the skeptic website Skeptical Raptor, which is a bad name for a good website, a kid by the name of Zared Schwartz, a senior at the University of Florida studying microbiology, cell science, and neurobehavior, took it upon himself to look at each of these individuals and see if they had anything to do or to offer in the discussions about vaccines. And guess what? It doesn't appear so. I'm just going to cherry pick some of the names for the Vienna Report website and their credentials as listed by Schwartz. Here we go. David Ayub, a radiologist who's neither an expert in autism nor toxicology and believes the Illuminati are using vaccines as a mean of population control. Nancy Banks, an anti-Semitic HIV, HIV AIDS denialist and a Holocaust denier who has no background in infectious diseases, has never done research and has, never, has only made self-published books. Jeff Bradstreet, an ex-minister who became a full-on quack and pandered multiple unproven treatments for multiple diseases or conditions he killed himself to avoid prosecution from the fda one of these treatments included using exorcism to cure autism 
Rebecca Carley, a former MD who lost her license due to mental disability, who impairs her ability to, which impairs her ability to practice medicine. Overall, I'd say she's completely and utterly insane. Roby Mitchell, a doctor of medicine who lost his license and was effectively barred from practicing medicine and is no longer able to uphold himself as a physician after in 2012 after he prescribed a colostrum bowel treatment, which he claimed cured cancer. In this procedure, he draws blood from the patient, injecting said blood into a pregnant cow's udder, and then required the patient to drink the milk from the cow. Or hey, what about Stephanie Sinef, a computer scientist? with neither background in immunology, epidemiology, nor autism. Besides her fear-mongering on vaccines, she blames everything on glyphosate, which includes school shootings and the Boston bombing. There's Sherry Tenpenny, a washed-up osteopath who is not an expert on vaccination and conducted no research on the subject matter, is a germ theory denier, and tried to link Sandy Hook Elementary School massacres to vaccinations. Who are these people?! These are the medical professionals behind the anti-vax movement, and they are for sale. And this isn't even taking into account the the winkers and nodders who flirt with the fringes of the anti-vax but never quite commit. They're the mainstream faces of the healthy living movement who get on spots on CNN or Fox News to talk about the latest developments whenever bullshit medical stories they're talking about that day. Again, anyone who's associated with a woman who wants you to put a jade egg in your vagina is not to be trusted for medical advice. And then, and then, forget all of those people. They're just the fucking faces. There is the machine, the bots, the trolls, the Russians, and the spammers, and the usual gang of shitbags that infest social media just to stir things up for the lols. These are the people that you are staking your child's life upon? The stupid is pernicious. It's volatile. It's omnipresent, and it is 100% preventable. All it takes is for you to be vaccinated with a tiny prick of knowledge. And this is that tiny prick. Trust your fucking doctor. Okay? That's it. Problem solved. But big pharma companies are out there doing evil and they're inventing drugs and they've got my doctor to prescribe me fentanyl for my sprained ankle, Dave. How, how, how can I trust my doctor with all of that going on? Down. No. Shut up. Okay? Sit down and shut up. Come on, kid. I'm sick and tired of people deciding to stop trusting professionals because they think that their extensive experience on 90 seconds with the Google machine outweighs years of schooling, training, and practice that goes into even the newest of doctors. I assure you, your GP is not under the sway of Pfizer, okay? They spent years and years and an ungodly amount of money to get the job so you can bring your screaming, snot-nosed little shit factory into their office (laughs) they did not do this so that you julie from prospect heights could come in and give your interpretation on the immunological data up over the measles stay in your lane julie if you want to know about the soul suckling town i'll check in with you but i believe i'm gonna go with the fucking person with the md at the end of their name when it comes to the measles trust your goddamn Doctor, why else are you there in the first place? Fuck me. You got up. You got dressed. You put shoes on. You put your screaming brat into the office for shots just to sit there to 
let the doctor to tell the doctor you're not sure you want to do this and then not listen when she says in her professional opinion you should do this and you counter with I don't know Adam Baldwin said your doctor should be legally be allowed to jab you with a fucking 18 gauge needle when you say those fucking words trust your god damn doctor I mean Lee unless you are actually seeing Dr. Nick there's a crazy man with a scalpel in ER. He's demanding to see a quack. Hi, everybody. Now, tell Dr. Nick where is the trouble. Why are you even there? Because you read a shit post on Facebook. And I guess because it appealed to your ego or your vanity or your fucking sense of importance. Now some immune compromised kid who relies on herd immunity to protect them from disease is fucking dying in a hospital bed because someone slapped a meme on a parenting page and it tickled your fucking pleasure center and made your fucking tiny brain not feel so tiny. There's a part of me that kind of wishes we didn't have all the medical advances we have now because they have clearly kept the dumbest and most selfish amongst us from dying off of childhood diseases that were easily preventable and probably you would have been one of them take it easy dave deep breaths shit is this is this what we've got to deal with now in america bad enough we got the goons on the right with their QAnon conspiracies we got a lot of white soft liberals got to come out with their anti-vax theories and you know just fucking shit out all the common sense that we thought we had on the left God, I didn't fucking, it's bad enough it comes from one side, but it's from both sides because both sides are filled with idiots. Everybody has the stupid. I think we would all be better off if we just turned off the internet forever and went back to 1980s technology. If for no other reason, if for no other reason than I could have a job on a real radio instead of pretending to be on a radio show on the internet, which is what I really wanted all along. I'm sorry, that, that was actually uh, the quiet part that I wasn't supposed to say uh, uh, out loud. That is it for this, our 200th episode of this dumb show. Good God, how have we done 200 of these things and how have I not run out of shit to talk about? It's entirely possible that I've started repeating myself because I have this vague niggling feeling. Hey, hey, hey. Watch your mouth, little man. Wait, what, what, no, no, oh no, God, no, oh no, 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 it isn't, I mean, I didn't, I would never, I mean, that's, that, that word means a slight but persistent annoyance, a discomfort or anxiety, I swear, oh my God, I, I really do have this feeling I've done this show before, but I couldn't find it in any of the scripts, and one of the problems with doing as many shows that, I, that I've done is all the show scripts that I started, but then changed topics, but I swear to God, that Jenny McCarthy line from the opener, I swear I've used that joke before, I can only count that one of you will let me know if I've completely done this episode before. But still, you know what? 200 episodes and I, we're still going. When will, it, uh, when will it all end, I hear most of you say, and many of you actually screaming in agony. I mean, Gavin has actually carved that into his leg last year, which is a, wow, buddy, way to support the show, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'll be here for years and years and, and years doing the show. I mean, I guess I could die or or go to rehab or something like that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, and I would probably not be doing the show anymore. But you know, that's all in the future. And we can't worry about that now. So uh, what I will say is thanks, all of you who listen, all of you who contribute and all of you uh, who've rated or reviewed the show there. There could be more of you who do that, really. 
It's the one thing I ask you to do, but you do it. Most of you don't. You could follow this thing on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and all these 200 episodes are at the show name on SoundCloud and at what the hell podcast.com. We will, uh, we're going to do a big anniversary show come April on the actual four year anniversary. So we promise that we will at least be around that long. I mean, assuming that I don't die or go to the camps or anything like that. So uh, I guess I'll just say, uh, for me, Dr. Dave Bledsoe, the love specialist producer, don't make me your nurse again, Gavin, and all the fictional interns on this day. We want to say that uh, your love is uh, it's like bad medicine. And uh, I think I have to see a doctor because you gave me disease. We'll see you all next week. Gavin, are you sure we've not done this show before? for this so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.